0: You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener-supported radio.
1: I'm back. Back in the New York. I'm Brian. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's over, Brian. Oh god. It's so I mean, over. Now we can
0: rest. Now we can just, as, as we love to say, go out into the desert and lie down.
1: Right. This is the moment to go out in the desert and lie down. Yeah. We've reached the end.
0: Of <laughs> <laughs> so much. So much. God. You know, uh, you texted me uh, sort of an agenda for the show earlier, and you said we should do Giants, Nix, and uh, Fury Wilder. But I think that the Giants flow naturally into Fury Wilder because I feel like the Giants are a lot like Wilder. Like, that was how they played out in that game. It was like, you actually stayed on your feet a lot longer than anyone expected you to, and you overcame several things, threw some punches yourself, but at the end of the day, you just got your face bashed in. Right, right. Like, you ended your night on the floor, just totally, it's over. Right, right. It's it's not over. (laughs) Out cold. Right. And just beaten to a pulp. Right, It was somehow like there were ways to look at it as sort of impressive, but ultimately it was just a severe beating.
1: Right. That's true. I mean, I think that gives the giants too much credit and probably not enough to Wilder, but I I agree, but but you're right in the same way of like some sort of impressive things, but ultimately face first on the (laughs) canvas when it was all said and done. Right. Right. You know, I, so like what made that game so sad and it's the saddest Giants game I can recall, It like of just like sadness, you know, there's ones that were more personally devastating or disappointing or heartbreaking, but like that one was the saddest because how desperately they needed to win. And there was this brief moment when we were down 10-3 and we had been outplayed badly, you know, the whole first half. And we had, you know, finally, Kadarius Toney makes a big catch down the sideline. Great play. The offensive line, which was off to a horrible, horrible start, um, finally starts finding a little something, you know? Yep. And then and, – and Daniel Jones is on the move. And it was like Daniel Jones. Like there, I even said to myself, like, Daniel fucking Jones, you know? Like <laughs> – There was a moment where you were starting to be like Daniel fucking Jones and he goes out on a little rollout, you know, naked boot. You know, you could quibble with maybe we need a receiver out there in case he has to throw it away so he doesn't just get absolutely creamed. But, you know, be that as it may, instead, he is annihilated. He turns ghost white, spit Uh coming out of his mouth, (laughs) staggers off the field concussed beyond <laughs> perhaps right. any and all explanation and the giant season ended right there on that play right. and you know what? what's really terrible is now daniel jones who I'm, I'm i was as excited about before that play as i ever have been you know this is now three years in a row of a pretty significant injury to daniel jones this is three years in a row of a significant injury to saquon Barkley. And then the cascade of injuries and poor play and everything else, you know, like it just how, how, like again, yeah, that was the right hook that just landed flush on our chins. And like, boy, it just was such a stoppage of just uh, no, any momentum (laughs) was just thwarted.
0: And right. And any moment, and to be clear, right, not just any momentum meaning in terms of the game because we were knocking on the door at the end zone and it was still a, a game at that point, but the season and perhaps the 10 years and careers of several individuals.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like the Dave yeah. Gettleman era ended at the one yard line on that third down, you know, like right, right. As it, as it crescendoed to its maybe high, <laughs> hey! and like they weren't going to win that game, but like because it, you know our defense, I don't think just couldn't stop them. It wasn't going to make enough plays to win that game, but it did feel like, okay, like here's something, we have a little fight. This quarterback is something that we can really be excited about, and then to just it just was ran into just brick wall <laughs> <laughs> and now God. there's just nothing, you know, oh, there's just nothing, actually, credit
0: to I think it was Dan Duggan. Him or Art Stapleton, one of those two guys definitely pointed out in the offseason that Mike Glennon was a problem. And they said, I know, like, that sounds like the least of it, but you got to pencil Daniel Jones in for two missed games at least during the course of the year. Like, because if if they use him the way we want him to, which is to run him, and he's been hurt every single year because of that. And here it is again. So, you know, credit to him for kind of spotting that early. But Yeah. He's gonna get hurt every now and then. <laughs> this was in particularly vicious fashion, you know. But it's not like he just like rolled his ankle or something. But I mean, I, you know, I don't question. I, I agree with you. There should have been some outlets. They didn't have to get killed because could you just see right right from the go? You're like, oh, he's not. He's not gonna make it. He can't beat him to the corner there. Like it was. I think it was pretty obvious from the get go. He needed something that yeah. he could go to and. <laughs> There was nothing there, right?
1: I mean, honestly, he maybe. I mean, he did the right thing. He was trying to score. Like, no, of I'm course. Sure, like he could have, I was, you know, I was thinking in my head like he should have thrown it away, but like he couldn't. He was right there. He had a chance to score. But yeah, if there was a player out there to at least, you know, give him the option, maybe fakes a throw and then he can get around the corner. Like he, yeah, just just leave him so exposed and naked out there. But you know, I mean, I get it. Could have worked too. Maybe they could have totally fooled them and he walks in. But to, to not have any option, I think, did leave him with nothing else to do but just put his head down and yeah did you this is a minor point did you see that when tony ran over to him to give him a high
0: five on the card he like headbutted him
1: yeah well yeah i did yeah (laughs) i know right tony
0: can't do that pal right he's been concussed (laughs) right (laughs) Like, like he looked like it was really bad too i mean he's gonna be out at least two
1: weeks i mean who knows we'll see like you don't know how these guys like respond but i mean it's looked it's as bad looking a concussion as i've seen in a long time like it does seem hard to imagine that he's quickly back but you know i don't know they'll go through the protocols they have protocols scott i don't know (laughs) i'm familiar with the
0: protocols
1: Protocol is my favorite word because it's when you have no idea what to do about something that's really dangerous and you're trying to, like, assure people that you have it under control and you assure them that you have protocols in place. But, like, right. protocols usually means you have no idea what you're doing. Totally. I mean, as somebody who has, you know, coached high school
0: sports and is, you know, I'm an athletic director, so I am i taken a concussion course annually. And it's basically go to the hospital. Go to the hospital. Right. Go to the hospital is the answer to, like, every question on the quiz right. at the end of the course. And there's no negative test of a concussion. There's no just like, all right, you're good to go because you've tested out, like you've tested negative for concussion. Right, right. It's just like such a judgment call on everyone's part. I mean, you know, least of all, hopefully, the coaches, mostly the parents and the doctor. But there's no just, it's just t- enough time went by and I guess you look okay, but it's right. still a chance you're a little messed up. Right, right. So yeah, I don't know. Um, the saquon injury was God, it was uh it's hard, it's not his fault. He yeah. didn't do anything
1: just uh, I was so freakish, it was so fluky,
0: uh, and it as soon as he got hurt, though, I was just so mad, I, I was know. so annoyed, and it's not his fault, and it's yeah, a totally yeah. unreasonable
1: reaction, right, but I was <laughs> upset, I was just more just like. Don't even show him on that. Just don't even... I don't want to look at uh, it. right Right, now. right. I know. Just as you were starting to, like, want to give other guy a chance, you yeah. know, like, I know. And, like, maybe this wasn't a total disaster getting Saquon Barkley with the number two overall pick in the draft. It's just, like, no. It was a disaster. Yeah. This is why you don't do that because running backs are dependent players. It's, like, they're dependent on offensive line. They're dependent on staying healthy. Like, you can't build a team around a running back.
0: Right. I mean, this is the... You know, he fits perfectly in with this team and sort of the theme of it that we've stuck with pretty much the entire season. Of it doesn't matter. Is Saquon good? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Is Saquon better than Christian McCaffrey or Eddie? You know, doesn't matter.
1: Right. Doesn't right. matter.
0: He's not on the field. He's you know, whatever he could have been is irrelevant because he's just not because he's never
1: out there. I just think you know, and I know you've been kind of on the like rooting against the Giants thing. Like I, I do feel like. <laughs> if that is your bent, like yesterday was kind of like, you know, the per. Right. I mean, like you couldn't ask for more to like, if you, if you want to crumble the current regime, like it was a perfect storm of everything. Like but one. I- okay. Well, I think I know what you're going to say. Like, yeah. that these injuries that, but, but they don't get, they're not going to get to use these injuries as an excuse. Like, because one, like, they entered this game one and three, you know, like not, and there's no reason for it. Like, they should be at worst two and two. And had they shown up two and two and you lost, you'd be able to blame the, this loss on injuries and move on. And you still have your season. You're two and three, you know, hey, let's maybe Glennon can win you one game and then you get Jones, but blah, 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 blah. They showed up one and three. This dropped them to one and four now you've got these guys out, you're going to go one and five, one and six, like, you know, what was the stat since 2017? Like, um, in the first halves of seasons, they're like 17 and 60 or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Some ungodly figure.
0: It was crazy. Yeah. And like, since 2017, we've seen, what four wins in the first six games or something like cumulative? To oh, yeah,
1: and they they haven't had a winning record at any point in any season since t- 2017. You know, <laughs> I mean, the only thing you can say about the Giants, if you're looking for any reason to like not like hang yourself, is <laughs> they have identified a few players that are intriguing, and like they can turn it over to somebody who knows what he's doing, you know, like if they could do that, but I don't, you know, feel good about their ability to do that, but you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, right. It's if you're, if you're looking to take our job, if you're, you know, looking to take over the franchise, it's not the cupboards aren't entirely bare. Yes. Yeah, I get it. So it's, it should still be in, in many ways, an attractive job if you're confident in your
1: ability right right if you were a smart gm and the giants could assure you that they were gonna get out of your way which you know is no assurance but right. l- like if they ever did the thing that you and i think they need to do which is just finally be like we don't know what we're doing and we need right. to modernize I mean, yeah like you could give people, hey, I got a Kadarius Tony. I've got Daniel Jones, and and da- not Daniel Jones as like he's your quarterback, but Daniel Jones as an asset, right? A piece, yeah, yeah yes, right, a, an a asset, puzzle piece sure. that is in your pocket. And I think he is, you know, I think he's a really nice piece. Whether you whether that's as your starting quarterback or as the guy who we use to get the stuff we need to like turn the corner. But um, there's a couple things here that make it like somebody might say. Oh, I, you know, if I could turn the Giants around, you know? Right. Yeah,
0: I I think you're right. Well, first of all, I want to thank you because I I do think you're being a little kind to me on my whole, you know, route for the Giants to fail to clean house on this regime. Because you're right. When that's what you wish for, that this is what you get. And... (laughs) It was too brutal. I wasn't prepared for it. You know, I, I, I called for it, and then I wasn't ready for what it actually entailed.
1: Right. Oh, you know, man.
0: really bit off more than I could chew. Because <laughs> you're right. I got what I wished for, and it was terrible. Right. Like, worse than I imagined. Um, all I really wanted was for Jason Garrett to get fired. Right. <laughs> At the start of it, and it's a slippery slope that really... I just wanted it (laughs) all to burn to the ground, and it did, and I regretted it, Right. and here we are. (laughs) So, But, you know, you're right. Like, yesterday was a destruction on the level that I wasn't ready for. And I do also think you're right. You you have calmed my nerves quite a bit about uh, – because, yeah, I was worried that the Maras were just going to justify it as well. Everybody got hurt. Like, did you see that Saquon injury? Total fluke. Like, one in a million could never happen again. You know, Daniel Jones was a helmet-to-helmet hit. Those are supposed to be illegal. They were supposed to be taken out of the game. And they rationalized themselves into this place where they're just like, but look, Daniel Jones, number six pick. Everybody laughed at us. You could have done worse. Could have done a lot worse. Yeah. You know, especially on the same weekend where Sam Darnold was starting to look like he was turning back into a pumpkin from how he started the year. Uh, You know, so Daniel Jones actually hits. Looks like Andrew Thomas is going to be fine, even though he's hurt. You know, Tony, everyone was like, How could you trade? And he trades back. And we end up with Tony's the best player on the team. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, so yeah. I do feel like you could come out of it and say, Look, yeah, in- injuries crushed us, but look at how smart we've been on some of these incredibly big moves. And so it's just injuries, but we're rolling it back again. Yeah. And, and that's what I was really afraid of. But I do think you're right. Uh, the truth is, is, we don't come into this game one and three, and we didn't lose those games by flukes at all. We lost those games really badly. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I guess brings us to your friend and mine, <laughs> Coach Joseph, our judge. <laughs> I... I'm sorry, Brian. I feel like I, I, I dragged you down the road to acceptance of Joe Judge. I feel like I, you know, I feel like today is a come. up. I didn't go into this thinking this way, but now more we talk, the more I realize today is, I think, a real comeuppance for me. <laughs> Whereas I feel wrong about a lot, including my emotions. Right. It's hard.
1: Right. That uh, was no
0: fun. <laughs> no. No, but he's terrible. He's yeah. terrible. Right. It, this is, too, where officially the clock ran out on his whole shtick, his laps and his yelling and his, you know, whatever pride of this area, whatever the hell he was talking about. Yeah, that. yeah. How could he yell at Kadarius Tony? I know it sucked. He shouldn't have punched. Like, I get it. Yeah. But just to, like, scream at the guy and then you're doubling down on it after the game. Like, how about he fought when, like, we were really backed into a corner.
1: Right. And the only one who showed any fight, like, or any heart or, right. I yeah. mean, the only bright spot of the day was Kadarius Tony. Like, wow, look at this guy. <laughs> he was awesome in the game. I mean, like, should he have thrown the punch? No. But like, right. How about you come out in the press conference and say, you know what? He had a hell of a game. Obviously, I don't condone it. It's not my favorite thing to see. But you know what? I'd rather see a guy sticking up for his teammates, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, that's the type of team we're going to be. We're not backing down from anybody. Whatever. Like, Mr. Tough Guy. Like, that's what – maybe you come out with that message for your team rather than, like, right, I'm going to come down on the one bright spot, make him apologize. Not that it was good, you know? Like, you know, like – Right. No. He shouldn't have done it. I don't want to condone
0: it necessarily, but just that, you know (laughs) – I just a total loss of composure by Judge. Also, like Judge met Tony's loss of composure with his own loss of composure. Right, right. Why are you screaming at the guy? First of all, that's not going to calm him down.
1: You know. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and second of all, I mean, he's he played quarterback, running back, and wide receiver in this game for you. He's, he's probably the best player at each of his positions. Yeah. And you're gonna scream at the guy because he was defending Evan Ingram, who you know I was happy to see him yesterday. I guess right. he was a, he was in attendance. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: right, he caught a couple balls.
0: Right, I think Evan Ingram was was there just to get Kadarius Tony in trouble. To be honest with you,
1: right? Yeah, I know we have to Kevin Ingram. God, if there was ever a moment where he could have stepped up, made a few plays, you know? Like, I guess he made one great catch. But, yeah, just like, God, just waiting for that guy to take over one freaking game in his miserable life. (laughs) so i feel feel bad hating on him because he seems like a good dude and whatever he works hard and like god he is just so frustrating i
0: know and the whole team i get i'm sure saquon is a good person daniel jones i you know great guy engram same very nice individual you know frankly Kadarius tony is a little scary (laughs) to me but like (laughs) he's the best player on the team and you know i'm not friends with any of these guys
1: yeah yeah, I mean, I just had the point with Joe Judge where what's the what's the you know like where I was with Daniel Jones at one point of like we can certainly do better. It's like what is what is Joe Judge bringing that like justifies a marriage to this guy? Like, yeah, no schematic advantage. The whole point was like a culture change, and like I suppose you could argue the Giants play hard, but I mean. Again, to me, like, that's what the money's for. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's just, yeah. like, that the that should be built in. So what are we getting? Like, I just, and it's just so interesting to hear him. I don't know what he's supposed to say, but, like, his lack of urgency here. Like, Joe, how long do you think you get to turn this thing around? Like, right. you know, like, two, three, five, four, like, five years to get, like, anything going, you know? it's go time buddy like (laughs) (laughs) it has been right (laughs) like your two predecessors lasted less time than this you know like you don't you don't have all day here
0: he's you know i think a lot of people when especially when you look at instagram comments i was i was diving deep into like the twitter replies to judge's quotes about Kadarius Tony yesterday afternoon is just like a hate read just like an angry guilty pleasure after the game and people you know I understand or will say he's trying to do a Belichick impression because that's the guy that he worked for but it really just feels like he's doing a Bill Parcells impression but he's just not funny and that's the problem which is weird because various media outlets tried to convince me this summer that he was funny (laughs) he's not funny and that's why he's not Bill Parcells. I mean, that's not why. There's a lot of reasons why. Right. But like that shtick is over. You
1: suck. Right. You're terrible. <laughs> hey. Like the way he manages the game, I just again I think is awful. There was a, a you know um, a couple fourth downs early in the game where I thought we should have been going, and one we punted, one we kicked a field goal. Like you know, again, like we when we went up three nothing, you're just like uh, Joe. Like, you think they're not going to score in this game? Like, do you right. think three points is going to really, is this is that going to be that kind of game? Like, no, they're, they're going to score, buddy. Right. We, we don't, and we don't have the kind of, like we got a big break there early in the game with that interception. I thought we should have been way more aggressive. You know, like we got to yeah. score on that possession. That's, that was a gift. We're not going to get a lot of opportunities in this game. They're better than us by a lot. We have to capitalize, you know, and you watch a lot of these other teams they get that. The Giants. So it's like, what is he bringing? He doesn't bring. He's got Jason Garrett running his offense. He, you know, it's not the defensive coordinator that I think is so smart. He's He doesn't manage the game well. <laughs> what, what do we get? What do we get for Joe Judge? So it's yeah, just like, uh, I, I want to like them, but it's hard.
0: And I think... People too often equate old school with being tough, or being tough with being old school. Right? Like they're not necessarily always coupled together, and it's like just this way of thinking is ridiculous. Because I, I felt like the plan, at least on defense, was you know the the hot plan in football, which is to stay you know keep everything in front of you and then swarm the ball. The problem is, is they run the ball so well. Like, they have two so two backs that are both so good and such a good offensive line that not only does that not necessarily work because then they get so many yards per carry, but it also just isn't going to work with the receiving core they had. Like, we still got beat deep. We, right. didn't, we didn't prevent that from happening. We didn't prevent <laughs> explosive plays. Nor should we have expected to. They're too talented on offense. So you have no choice. If you're not, you just, it's... It's too basic to come in being like, we're going to keep everything in front of us, make them put together long drives on offense, and then play ball control offense ourselves. Like, you just you just can't do that. That's not what you have to do. You have to – fine, if you're going to keep them in front of you, that's good. But then if, if you do get a turnover, just like you said, you have to be in, like, aggression mode. Go fast. I mean, not, not necessarily go fast. Be aggressive. Another thing I wanted to say was, you know, again – we started in hurry up, and I'd love it if someone could ask Jason Garrett, why do you go hurry up when you go hurry up? Because actually, I thought we played that drive that obviously resulted in the ending of our season. <laughs> like, we didn't hurry up that much. It, I think we were operating better when we were kind of taking it slow, and when we were hurrying up, we were just giving the
1: ball back to the Cowboys faster right why are you hurrying up jason right right like yeah no it never feels like a, a part of a plan it's always like tempo we're gonna push the, i don't know I, I i just uh i don't know i just feel like you can't understate how devastating an afternoon of giants football that was like <laughs> right yeah
0: Right. right <laughs> and
1: for joe judge to come out after and kind of i mean i don't know what he was supposed to say to be honest but like you know, saw some good things and we're going to clean up the bad stuff. It's like, you know, I, I, how you walked out. I mean, again, I don't know what you do say, but like, um, I don't know. Jim Fossil once upon a time said, I'm going to put, you know, put them all on the chips on the table and this team's making the playoffs. Not that I wanted that, but like sometimes you do have to just like speak to the reality of where your team and franchise is. And, and
0: You're right. It's not just his words. It's his tone.
1: Right. And like, if you, I, I, I'm sure
0: you've seen the Bill Belichick football life on the NFL channel or whatever. And there's like, it's one part where he goes to, it's the last game he's coaching in the old Giants stadium. And so he's kind of giving a tour to NFL films and kind of going down memory lane from his time as an assistant there. And, you know, he tells the story about one time when Parcells came into the defensive meeting room and goes, well, this thing you're doing here, you better fix this because it's all screwed up. And Belichick goes, well, all right, Bill, Well, what do you want me to do about it? And he goes, well, I don't know, but I, all I know is you better fix it because it is all, it's all screwed up. Well, thanks. Thanks for the help. Right. And, and it's like, I, yeah, judge, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Like, <laughs> I get it. You're in a tough spot. What do you say? Right. What, what what he could say to make me as a fan feel better, I, I couldn't tell you. Right. But the what you did did not make me feel better. Right. It made me feel worse. So I don't know what you're doing. You got to fix it. It's all screwed up.
1: Right. That is well put. That is perfectly said. Right. I don't know what you're doing wrong necessarily or what right. you should have done differently, but it ain't right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's at the end of the day. Again, it's like. This team isn't good. It's not all his fault, but like he's not helping. And yeah, right. the idea that we're going to have, we have to keep him because of something, I just, I haven't seen anything that makes me feel like we have to commit to Joe Judge. Totally at agree. All. Yeah.
0: Totally agree. I just hope that they just, I don't even know how to end this segment. I'm just so upset. I'm I know. just I know so, yeah. boy,
1: was what do we, do we do? Man, oh man. What a day that was. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I that get... was an entire <laughs> franchise just right, flat on their backs, gl- glossy-eyed, <laughs> staring up at the lights like, "Wow!"
0: It's <laughs> got my face beat in. <laughs> like, viciously.
1: <laughs>
0: well, the Rams game ought <laughs> to be a good time. <laughs>
1: With Mike Glennon, he's, right. gonna, uh, <laughs> he's gonna. You know what? He looked good out there. I think he's gonna play well. They'll have him ready to go. Next yeah. man up. Next man Next up. Next
0: man up. <laughs> <laughs> Next.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of trying to get off the canvas, I guess that'll be our segue into the Jerry big. Fight. Wilder.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm really glad. I really wasn't gonna buy it i was interested in it and i thought about it for a couple seconds and i'm like nah. and then i you said you were gonna order it and i was like all right i'm intrigued enough we could talk about it i'm so happy
1: right it was a great fight yeah it was like a rocky fight it was you know it was interesting though like i am with this current like the state of boxing the heavyweights I'm always like, was it a great? Was it a really entertaining? Was it a great fight, or was it a really entertaining fight? You know, like yeah. Um, and I don't know if I have an answer because I don't. I hate being like, oh, the guys were better back because every sport usually the athletes just improve. And one of the big differences in today's heavyweights is the the guys are just massive. I mean, yeah, Tyson Fury is what like six nine or something, right? Yeah, two seventy seven. I think Wilder was like six seven. I mean, just those are two. I mean, Mike Tyson fought in the heavyweight division at what, like five eleven? Like, I don't uh, yeah, know he, I know. What would he look like in the right. ring?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. How can he even hit them in the face?
1: So to be as athletic and and nimble and whatever as they are at that size, I'm sure is they're super impressive athletes. But there is something about watching that fight where it just doesn't feel like the, the I don't know as uh, skilled as like the Bo Holyfield back in the day. But I, you know that may just be my own bias. Um, But it was certainly, like, back and forth, super exciting.
0: Yeah, I would say it's probably, like, tennis, almost. Where, because the sport itself was bigger at the time where we were watching the great fights of yesterday, that it felt like a bigger deal. It was a bigger event. It meant more. You know, I still think what we saw Saturday was a different fight from those Bo Holyfield matches. And... You know, I guess it's just more like, right, I do think, I kind of think those are better fights, but I was also so much younger and so much more yeah. impressionable at the time, and boxing was a much bigger deal. I think, you know, the basics of it that are good is that I paid for it, and I was thrilled to
1: have done it, because it was exhilarating. It was a great fight. I mean, definitely back and forth. Yeah. It was not as competitive a fight, I think, as some, like, Fury really beat the hell out of them, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But he just, Wilder was dangerous enough every round that Fury, he couldn't just, he couldn't just like end it. He had to keep respecting Wilder's power. Because yeah. every time it looked like it was, he had him totally gone. He would get caught and he'd be like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And you could tell he was like, all right, no, I still have to be careful here. Like this guy could knock me out.
0: Yeah. The second time he went down and what was it? Like the fourth round? Yeah. Like, I was on my feet. I was like, oh, my God, what's going on, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, and, and that's why I think ultimately it ended how it ended as it should have ended. It's like all, all three fights, Fury was better. Wilder was, you know, in the class where he had to be respected. And he yeah. belongs at that level. And I think he's proved that. And I think, you know, both guys kind of got what they needed from from this uh, this this trilogy, I suppose
1: yeah and wilder is the rare loss where your your stature gets elevated it's like how good is this guy no he's special but on the other hand i you know what it must have been like for him like you know to put in that effort take that kind of punishment and just like he was just better than me like i couldn't you know i couldn't solve him (laughs) yeah
0: that's hard i mean that's that's the thing about boxing that's like that, you know, you can't match it in any other sport because no. it's just these two guys, mano a mano, who both have to have the mindset that they're just the biggest badass on the planet. And then, yeah, you step in there with the one of the only other people in the world that's more badass than you, and you have no choice but to just admit and lay bare that that person defeated me.
1: Right. And in any sport, yeah. it's difficult. Like, Like you said, brought up tennis. Like... I'm sure sometimes you're feeling you're playing Djokovic and you're an elite player and it just feels like it feels like being in a boxing match, except it's not a boxing match. Right. Yeah. There can be no equivalence to what it must feel like to find yourself in that situation. Like I use that as a metaphor all the time. But what is it like when it is actually a boxing match? (laughs) Yeah. And you cannot stop the guy from punishing you no right. matter what you do and like no matter how much you want it and wilder wanted it so bad you could tell he was he hates the guy he believed himself to be better he wanted so desperately to knock him out and he couldn't you know yeah every time they cut to i
0: don't know is that wilder's wife was yes. there is he married every time yeah. they, his wife his wife's very good very attractive lady
1: yes she very is.
0: attractive lady and every time they cut to her i just felt sad
1: yeah oh, is oh that, I God, what is she's... that like to watch
0: right yeah what is it like for her to watch what's it like for him knowing that she's watching him just get dismantled by this other giant right in front of her too and you know like that's it's like uh the, the sopranos when uh tony loses to bobby in that <laughs> fight and then has feels the need to like kind of explain himself to Carmela the next day right which is ridiculous on every level right <laughs> but, but like you know i would not judge wilder for having those
1: emotions
0: the next day to be like i i know <laughs> you thought i was the biggest badass in the world and you right. watch me get my ass kicked
1: right of. right and that's where you come up with you're like my shoulder hurt and my yeah. when i walked in you know the stuff i was wearing was too heavy and <laughs> yeah because that it's is hard. what happened after the second fight. Was Wilder made a bunch of like crazy excuses? And that's I like, know. Yeah, that's where that comes from. I guess. Yeah, I couldn't accept it. And Fury was so pissed about those comments. Yeah, I know. I'm. You know. I'm sure. he probably. You know. I don't think you're going to hear that this time. Like I think Wilder. Yeah. He's like. Yeah. And I don't think that's just a fight. I don't think we ever need to see that fight again. Like, no, it was settled. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, That's settled business. Right, right. Close the books. We right. know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Between those two, that's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As it should be, you know? Yeah, right. Right. At least we got it, right? There's all these other guys. There's Anthony Joshua and the guy he, who beat him. What was his name? I don't know. Ruiz? No. he That one, he then revenged that loss. But then he lost right. again to chick or something.
0: Right, right.
1: I do, I would like to see Joshua and Wilder fight. That seems Me like. Me too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Come on, boxing. Let's make it happen.
1: I know. Why is that's... it so hard to.
0: Right. Give us some vibrant heavyweight boxing. I was on the Ole verge. Alexander
1: Usyk. That's who it is.
0: I was on the verge of trying to get into UFC. And then I feel like this fight stepped in.
1: I know. Well, boxing—it's like there's this, such an opportunity right now to get back. You've got a bunch of good heavyweights. Like, get them all fighting. Like, you get yeah. some momentum off this. Like, quickly get, uh, get Joshua Wilder on the books. Like,
0: right. And the gambling industry has never been bigger.
1: Right. You know. I mean, it's perfect for boxing. Or get Usyk Wilder, whatever. Like, get some of these guys. They should all fight each other in the next two years. In relatively quick succession. How about that? Could that happen?
0: <laughs> like, is it impossible to unify boxing in some way? I know it's just like, wow, it's you can't do it. It's 2021. Is there not more money in it for everyone if they find a way to like just totally legitimize it?
1: I know. I mean, you would think some kind of like overarching boxing federation where the the big promoters like top rank, whatever, they all like invest in it together. Join forces, maybe that you align with a DraftKings or something. And it's like.
0: Right. I I don't get it. Yeah. I I don't get why there isn't, like, you know, not to sound like, you know, an episode of Joe Rogan, but it's just follow the money, obviously. I just can't imagine there's not more money in it for these guys to just legitimize and not have this weird setup. Yeah. I don't
1: know. I mean, I guess there's more money in it for some people, but I don't know that there's more money in it for the fighters. Like, you know, you hear all that stuff about the ufc and that like the fighters don't get the big the, the money that you know like jake paul was making or logan paul the paul brothers are making more than most of these um ufc right. guys you know so i don't know let's get uh let's get a paul brother to fight one of these great people. like that's right. what man, that should be wilder's next fight with fight yes. the paul brothers <laughs> like that's what we want like yeah. just to watch him like send one of those clowns <laughs> in the next week you know <laughs> right that's <laughs> all we're looking. you know the guy who I hate my maybe my least favorite person in all of professional fighting sports right now is that Tyrone Woodley guy who was the UFC guy who lost to one of the Pauls I don't know if it was Jake or Logan right. whatever yeah. and then was like demanding a rematch and was like he's too scared of re- eh, no rematch right like your job he won. Even if he, if you won on points, he won. Yeah. Or you drawed, he won. Your job was to go in there and humiliate him right. and knock him out of the ring. You yeah. failed miserably. He looked <laughs> perfectly like on your level. So yeah. no one needs to see you two go at it again. What do you prove by beating him in the rematch? Nothing. Right. And what are you bringing to the table?
0: regardless no, no one cared about you in that fight everyone cared about him in that fight and so right yeah. and that's those are the stakes you signed up for and if you didn't know that that's on you but like you either had to kick his ass right or you lo- lose that's it right and if you didn't know that going in that's your problem right you don't get a rematch yeah <laughs> like-
1: right and you don't get to talk smack about him ducking you no he fought you he got in there yeah right he's supposed to be a joke he got in there with you and he won
0: yeah (laughs) right right i agree he i don't have any sympathy for him i poor nate robinson we all have to just all right we saw it it happened now we all have to just (laughs) pretend like it never did like that guy doesn't deserve right And i don't even like i don't think of him as a nick i don't care about his dunk contest championships right. i really don't i could care less but that's too brutal that guy right. not
1: he didn't deserve that that's right. not fair right right because he was a stand-in for a lot of people who had overinflated sense of themselves didn't understand what they were getting into how how <laughs> yeah. good or bad this guy actually was that they were facing and like yeah a lot of hyped up egos could have taken that beating. Nate Robinson just had to be the, the the idiot that raised his hand first. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's not fair. That's not fair. Let's all give Nate Robinson, you know, let's just cut him a little. Let's let's get those memes out of off of Google, okay? That's my plea to the people. Right. <laughs> let's let's oh, it. Well, speaking of the Knicks, let's move in uh let's close so we've we've gone on this evolution now we've we've gone from a team that we used to feel was well run well organized and oftentimes talented you know maybe some one one piece away now they're a garbage just a dumpster fire and now the knicks are something to legitimately be excited for
1: the knicks the knicks i don't know what to do I need to stop. I don't know if I'm going to watch any more preseason. I'm getting like, (laughs) I'm getting way out ahead of my skis. Like, wow. Did they look, I mean, I don't know. You know I mean? One, the Knicks are clearly approaching the preseason more like regular season than probably the the other teams are. So it's like, I don't want to read too much into it. They played two mostly bad teams, but man, (laughs) hard not to like literally everything you saw from the Knicks in the first preseason games.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's when you, when, when I feel like I didn't even understand all the additions as they came in, free agency closed out. I, the trades happened. I was very happy. And then it was still jarring to actually see it on my television.
1: Right. How much better it looked than you were expecting or than, than America seems to be expecting. That's like the thing. I, I, I don't know. Like how, you know, I get all the like regression concerns and and I do feel like Randall was so bad in that playoff series that it's had kind of a lingering effect where people, it's, it's hard to shake it out of your mind. It looked, he looked so much like the guy he was in his first year with the Knicks. And it feels like there's just this assumption that he's not going to be nearly as good. And I get all that, but the upside potential to me just seems like it's just been totally dismissed. Like they have so many players who might be, so substantially better than they were last year and combined with like the right acquisitions, like all their biggest weaknesses were addressed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm like crazy excited about the Knicks.
0: Yeah, as we should be. And I get it. I understand it because we definitely upgraded really significantly in a number of areas with new players, But I was reading something that was talking about, and and I totally agree with it. That the the biggest improvement on the Knicks is probably going to come from within.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: It's going to be RJ quickly, Ob, um, you know, and and you know, it's hard to say Randall will improve. But you know, the other thing is, is I think I think that the defense can regress and still be awesome. So I don't think we need to worry about a regression on the defense because even if we do regress just a normal amount we'll still have one of the league's best defenses i think and then on offense somewhat similar randall can sustain somewhat of a regression because we just have better players around him and in like what could be a regression in maybe his scoring or his shooting who knows what kind of steps forward he takes with his passing now that he has people to pass to
1: yeah Yeah. And I mean, there was a bunch of, you know, Kemba looks good. He looks healthy, like, and, and that's going to be important. But I mean, like just him versus Alfred Payton. I mean, it's just unbelievable. There was a play in the preseason game where he came down on transition and shot a three off the break and swished it. And you were just like, that didn't happen a single time last year. Like that was just not on the table. Yeah. And Fournier, I do think, you know, as much as we loved Reggie Bullock, and I still, like, wish he were on our team, in that starting lineup, you know, he was, like, he couldn't do anything off the dribble. Like, Fournier, it's not just that he can shoot. He can dribble. He can pass. Like, he is dangerous from everywhere. Like, I think he makes everybody a little bit better in that starting lineup. So, he's a huge addition. Like, they just looked amazing.
0: (laughs) No, I know. I think the Fournier thing, too – is I think I read John Hollinger wrote this week. He wrote something about the Knicks, and I think he said that had the Knicks known at that point that they were definitely getting Fournier, they might have tried to keep Bullock and let Burks walk. Right. But they had to make that decision first, and then that's just how it worked out. And, you know, they would have rather had uh, Bullock and Fournier than Burks and Fournier, um, which I, I do understand, but right, whatever. He is so good, and he's such a nice. It's funny, actually, because I was just talking to. Um, the basketball coach at my high school. And we had a new kid in the school and he was telling me about him. And he, and he was basically saying like, you know, he's not a great shooter and he's not a dra- great dribbler necessarily, but he does a lot of things well. Like he's definitely going to inbounds the ball for me, which is a big thing in high school. And, you know, he knows how to move without the ball. And I'm not even saying that that's similar to Fournier's skill set, but it's just like, right. He's like, Bullock was, I liked Bullock as just the player, just something I liked about him. He was a better defender. He's a really good shooter. But Fournier just brings so much more to the table. Little things that are going to make all these other guys better. And guys are going to be better. Like RJ, I don't feel like. I think you were saying last year how not enough people are talking about RJ. Not enough people are really talking about RJ this year.
1: I agree. He might be like, there's, there's just not, there's an assumption that he, he could be worse, which I don't think is possible. No way. And he might be much better. Like, yeah, he could be he could be the best player on the team by the end of the year. Like, I don't think that's off the table. And if he is, I mean, you're talking about like a different franchise, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I think he is going to
0: get a lot stronger at the rim, which I already thought he was pretty strong. And then I was looking at some numbers this week and it's like, oh, no, I think he's going to get a lot better. It's going to be scary how much better he gets at that. He's going to be stronger.
1: Right, you know, right. And if he can finish with, like, at a high percentage, I mean, then, the like, his shooting, I really trust. Um, So, yeah, I, like, then how deep we are. Like, our second unit, if you told me that second unit was our starting five last season, I would have been like, oh, well, this will be, like, a fun year. You know, like, Derek Rose, Quickly, Burks, Obi, and Noel is our backup five? <laughs> yeah, I know. And... They
0: all played together last year. So it's not even just that we have a solid bench that we like, but they also, they now have reps with each other. Right, it's chemistry. Be, yeah, like as far as second units go, they're going to be like the, you know, the college team with a lot of seniors versus maybe some other teams that might have flashier names or something on them. But, uh, you know, I do think that it's kind of rare to have a lot of continuity with your second unit that we rotate like a hockey team.
1: Yeah, no. And and whereas last year I had issues with with the hockey uh, subs like this year, I feel like it makes total sense and it's going to be awesome. Like that second unit, I just think we're going to maul teams when they try to go to the bench. And, you know what? And last year, our second unit was the key to the season. And our our starters were actually like, you know, we we sort of like we got outscored when we had them on the floor because we had this big issue (laughs) at starting point guard that we don't have this year. Right. Um, and we have the ability to like if Kemba and Rose are are gonna miss some games, like with McBride, with uh you know, quickly, Grimes. like yeah, quickly. Um where I don't think that'll be that big an issue. Like those guys can take time to get healthy and it'll be fun, you know. Like we have guys who aren't gonna see the floor who I would be super excited if they were going to.
0: Yeah. And I know like,
1: that's crazy.
0: We have legitimate depth, you know, because it's where it's like one of the, I guess, the drawback, you could say, is we don't have superstars, but then right. I guess the drop-off between guys isn't that significant, and guys are used to playing at a certain level with one another, and guys have their roles, and it could work out to be fine. Because you don't sustain as much of a drop-off.
1: I agree. I mean, I like. I don't know like, how good they're going to be. Like, I, I, They're not going to win the championship or whatever, but I just am so excited to see how they start because, like... I could just see them getting out to like a 10 and one start or something and and like announcing themselves as like, oh wow, the Knicks. Um, And I'm not saying it'd be disappointing if they start, you know, seven and four or something, but (laughs) I just, (laughs) it feels like there is, oh, the Knicks are a nice story last year and they could be okay this year. And I, I don't know. I mean, I just really feel like the upside is a lot higher than, than what is out there right now.
0: And This is really what we're always asking for from the Knicks, what we asked of them for almost a decade, and what we're now asking of the Giants. It's just, let me be excited for at least, you know, three quarters of the regular season, Yeah, Let me feel like there's a reason to care and not just, you know, hamstringing my family's plans on a given day. Like, (laughs) it has some meaning when I decide to do that.
1: Yeah, like, um, you know, I was thinking about, it too, just that having the Knicks back, like, how unacceptable it was, how long we lived in this world where they just sucked. And how it was just, like, they didn't, like, people complain and they, got, they took jokes, but, like, it almost wasn't enough. Like, there was such a just, like, oh, haha, the Knicks stink. Like, as though it was, like, a law of the universe that they had to be bad. Like, no one seemed to, like, demand change prop- Like, it was just, like... It should never have been allowed to go on as long as it did.
0: I mean, we've been talking about this with the New York media since the inception of the show. Not that we are, you know, capable to do anything about that or right. are doing about anything about it ourselves. But where's the teeth? Right. Why was that allowed? Why you know, and I used to resent people who got upset about the Knicks being used as a punchline. Because it's like, why why shouldn't people do that? It's true. Right. What can you say back to it? Oh, yeah. it's just it's just cheap. It's just easy.
1: Right. Why? No, like they should be everybody associated with the Knicks should be getting like tomatoes thrown at them when they leave their homes. Like this is unacceptable. Like <laughs> a frosty. That's right. Like, like milkshakes should hit them in the <laughs> face every time. Right. I think that might be what John Mara needs is a cheeseburger. Like a a soggy (laughs) Big Mac. A half-eaten Big Mac to hit him in the face (laughs) as he dines at the finest restaurant in New York or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. No, but it's going to be great. It's going to – I think we're going to have a nice fall and winter and the Knicks. It's so nice to have them back. But actually, so I want to spend the last 10 minutes, Scott, talking about fall family fun
0: oh Um, yes (laughs) i appreciated your song on instagram
1: (laughs) yes all right joanna posted that yeah i and by what i mean of course you know what i mean by fall family fun is in the fall everybody takes their family to a farm or an apple orchard or a pumpkin patch and i i kind of i don't want to do fall family fun anymore (laughs) that was my last pumpkin patch (laughs) women love
0: picking fruit as cancel culture i don't make the (laughs) rules okay i'm sorry it's you know i'm sure there are men who like to pick fruit i'm sure there are women who don't like to pick fruit i just know a lot of women that really like to pick fruit and i don't get it
1: And they like to take a photo of their man with them, picking fruit, (laughs) to show that they, look what I got him to do. Right. Right. (laughs) Look at this power that I have to Uh, do this. I used to, uh, go ahead. What, do you
0: feel like your children genuinely enjoy fall family fun or it's, you know, they would just as easily enjoy anything else they were doing, kind of?
1: It's actually so funny because this was the first year my daughter Alice is nine years old. She didn't like Fall Family Fun for the first time. It was actually sort of sad because she's like now reached... And, and I and I said to her, I was like, I was like, oh, Alice, like this is a tough one because you reached an age where you've recalled... that Like she wanted to go. She was like, let's go do that, you know? And she's like, it'll be fun. And then got there and was like, there's nothing to do here. Like she didn't want to play on the swing or slide and like
0: yeah.
1: the corn maze didn't really entertain her. I was like, I know, like... There's an age where, like, you recall something fondly and then you go and it's super boring and dumb. And Nate loved it. He was in the corn maze and he was, you know, he's still all about it. Like, there was stupid stuff to do. But for her, it was like, oh, this is boring. I was like, yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to my side. To Team
0: Dad. How did Alice respond to that?
1: She was kind of like, oh, yeah. I was like, (laughs) yeah. I've never. I wanted to be like. I almost want to be like. I haven't enjoyed a single one of these. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been putting my time in so that I could watch the Giants later that weekend, right. or so that I would be left alone. This is like my punishment. <laughs> <laughs> my punishment for liking <laughs> the Giants. I, this is what I'm doing. I'm putting this in so that I can do something that I do like to do later right. this weekend.
0: Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, I feel like sometimes. Nicole and I accidentally let it slip out with Haley like uh like what was it some we were talking about who's who was supposed to do bedtime with Haley and like Haley was <laughs> Haley's reacted like, "Oh, you won." Like <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, I won." Right, I
1: get to do bedtime. Right? Yay, cuz I love you so much. <laughs>
0: And then you do That's Nothing makes you feel worse about yourself. It's just like, all oh, right, I'm supposed to enjoy this. And I do. Yeah,
1: we're so bad. I feel like I'm like, when I have to do bedtime, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and Alice is like, it's not that bad. I'm like, it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you just have to read a stupid book. I'm like, I'm tired of books. I hate books. <laughs> so
0: how was Fall Family Fun? Was it <laughs> I guess-
1: it was fine. Did you
0: You know, what was the highlight? What, what was the rose thorn of the experience?
1: You know, it was outside. Fresh air, I guess. You know, boy, you know I'm picking at straws. Fresh air. Fresh air. <laughs> fresh air. You know, I just remember the first, when we first had Alice, which is a little baby, six months old or something, and Joanna was like, we're going to go to a pumpkin patch. And I was like, what? <laughs> and i am driving there and i'm expecting it to be empty because i'm like oh we're gonna be the only people doing this you know yeah totally because <laughs> i've been a, just a single guy my for most of my life we that wasn't something i did and then in place was not only was it not empty it's packed there's a line of cars around you know miles it was like the most crowded thing I've ever in and then you realize like oh people with kids need to do these kinds of activities to kill time on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize it's something i'm going to be doing every year in this time in this season
0: but and, it's, and, i like how the realization is that people have to do something to kill time with their kids <laughs> whereas even still for the for our spouses it's some
1: of it is just they enjoy to do it right they right i think that right and and look it has its place and i have enjoyed some of them and it's like a nice fall day i get out and you know, we're in the nature and make apple pie or cider or something and that's great but <laughs> i am it's 10 years now a fall family fun time and that's they get like a it. little less fun every year it feels a little more rote and the instagram posts don't pop the way they did when, true. when the kids were younger and i don't know the apples don't taste as sweet this place didn't even have apples just had pumpkins
0: yeah so what? What, what are, are you, you do like? It? What do you think is the the clock on fall family fun? Do you think Nate hits about nine or ten, and then you're out of it for good, or do you think Joanna is still going to try and press that for years to come?
1: I've probably probably yeah. Right, I don't remember as a teenager doing fall family fun. <laughs> I mean, my family never had fall, fall family fun. <laughs> I don't
0: I, I mean, you. I connected to what you were saying because, like, same thing. Nicole actually wanted to do it before we even had kids. She made me go out to right. like, New Jersey to to pick fruit. And to I was, fruit. I was same thing. I was just like, so we're gonna get like a lot of apples. Like, why? What are we gonna do with them? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I didn't, I didn't know what we were getting into. Even right. I had no idea. Like, well, so then what do we do with the apples? Well, we eat them. Like, like and yeah, it's a lot of apples. <laughs> yeah, just like what? I don't get it. <laughs>
1: Right. I love this. right. Gender roles. Gender is a social construct. I believe that. I I think I even understand it. But also women like to make men pick fruit. Yes.
0: (laughs) I don't get it. Right. I don't
1: make the rules. (laughs) That is part of the construct. Anyway, (laughs) that social construction, part of it, this edifice that we have built is part of it is women make men go to fields and pick fruit. I picked strawberries. I've picked many different types of fruit. Yeah, um, <laughs> I guess it, 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 there's something to be said
0: for it. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It tastes the same to me as the right. Fresh- <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know.
1: Uh,
0: oh well uh an uplifting ending to another otherwise dreary day i Uh, hope our
1: our listeners are i hope you enjoyed your fall family fun or if you haven't already i hope you get to experience it in the coming weeks right
0: and if you're a giants fan go have all the family fun you want fall family fun you want you're not missing anything right
1: in fact it's time to double your fall family fun
0: (laughs) 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 all right see you later everybody